Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't going to tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. It had been a long week, and I, and I was sitting down, and I was looking forward to a nice, relaxing weekend. Didn't have anything planned, and I had just turned on the tube when a fellow just burst into my house. And it was Ralph Hager. You hear me talk about him all the time. And I looked at him, and I said, well, hello. <laughs> I mean, he just, like, just, like a big old bear walks in the room, and he looks at me, and he goes, get your stuff. We're going to be gone for the weekend. I'll meet you in the car or the truck. And he walks out, and I'm still like this. I was like, well, okay. He didn't realize that I had, you know, I had worked all week, and I, I mean, I had, you know, like whenever you have one of those weekends where you're like, I ain't going to do nothing this weekend, and you are all geared up for just a nice, relaxing, chill-out weekend. You don't want to be around anybody. I've been around convicted felons all week, the ones that are in prison, and... um and I was, and I didn't want to go with another one. No, Ralph wasn't. A, he wasn't. He wasn't convicted. And um, and so I was sitting there. And honestly, I don't know how long he waited, but I just sat there and I was like, I don't want to go. I mean, I really didn't, you know. And I didn't know what we'd be doing, but I was like, oh, whatever. So I get up, and I go, and I throw some clothes in a bag, and I walk out, and the horse trailer is there, and my saddle's in the back, and and he's like. We're going to go gather some wild cattle. And Ralph's son, Justin, was, was with us. And I said, where? And he goes, well, we're going to go south of Sanderson, gather some cattle that they couldn't, they couldn't gather. So we're going to have a wild weekend of roping and gathering. And I was like, well, that don't sound too bad. But I still, did. even then, I just didn't want to go. I wasn't in the mood. I, I didn't feel like it. And so we didn't really hardly say anything on the way down there. And I was just like, eh, 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 eh. And so we get down there and, and we drive like 5,000 miles. Um, we got close to dropping off the edge of the earth, but we, we made it back on. And, and we get to this little two-story house. And, and he said, well, they don't use the house anymore. I mean, it's kind of furnished. If you've ever been in an old ranch house, it was kind of furnished. It's pretty meager stuff. And so we, we got the horses situated and, and um, Ralph built a fire outside. And he starts cooking some steaks. Well, it, it's starting to get a little better now. He's starting to cook some steaks, and he wraps these potatoes in foil, and he wraps these, these, these ears of corn in foil, and he just throws them on the, on the fire. He just throws them in the fire, or right on the edge. And he kind of turns them a few, and we're sitting out there. And, and uh, I, I won't lie, we, we had us a scotch and water, and you know, just, just one or two. It wasn't no big deal. And so we're sitting there, and, and, I, and I'm finally starting to relax, and things are going good. And I guarantee you, I don't know how many of those little steaks he brought, but I think I ate 42 of them, and I only weighed 41's worth. But man, it was, you know, sometimes you just, you know, you're not in the mood, but then you kind of get out there, and you, you finally get there, and you got some good food, and you're starting to relax. And man, life was starting to get good. It did not last very long, though. It did not last very long because where we were, the bedroom that we were staying in, it, it was used as a little bunkhouse and it had these twin beds in there and we just throwed our bedrolls on this, on this bed. And so we, you know, I put me some old shorts on and, and, and I got into bed and my last thought was, man, I need to pee. 
That was my last thought before I went to sleep. I thought, no, it'll be all right. It'll be all right. And it was all right for about, I, I reckon, about two and a half hours. And then I woke up. Now, you have to understand, there was no moon out. And even if there was, it wouldn't have done no good because there was a nice little cloud cover that night. And it was pitch dark. Now, I'm in a place, you know how like when you wake up and you have no idea where you're at? That's kind of the way it was. I woke up and I'm like, wait a minute, where am I? And then it took me a second to, to finally figure it out. And I thought, man, I got to use the bathroom bad because it ain't going to look good if I pay my, my sleep and my bedroll. And so anyway, I get up and, and I start feeling for the wall because I can't remember where the door is. And so I'm feeling for the, for the wall and I finally find it. And then I'm really worried about navigating these stairs in, in pitch darkness. So I'm kind of down like this and I'm walking along and I finally find the stairs and I go down. And then I don't have any idea where, where a door is. So I just turn left, took a wild guess and I kind of made it. And I, I know I figured out where the kitchen was and I knew that there was a door off the kitchen. So I went out the, went out the door because I didn't know where the bathroom was. And so I went out on the front porch. Cowboys, you've done it. Few of you cowgirls have done it. And so anyway, we wa I walked out on the porch. And I'm sorry, I, I mean, I'm not trying to be crude by any means. But when you really got to go in the middle of the night and you have spent 38 minutes trying to get out of the house and you're doing this while you're walking, man, it is a relief. I mean, it really is. And man, that was just a great, great feeling. And it's just... I got done, and I turned around, and I walked. Well, I had stepped over the missing board in the porch the first time. This time, I went, Phew. don't bite me. <laughs> I fell right through the porch. Now, if you have never fallen through an old cowboy porch in nothing but a pair of boxers in the middle of the night, and you don't really know where you're at, luckily, I had just peed, or I might have done it again. And so I had to extricate myself from the porch and I finally find the door and I get back in and I can't find the stairs to go up. Now, I didn't look for a long time, but I, I looked for a light switch. I couldn't find a light switch, but I found a couch. And so instead of turning on lights and waking Ralph up because I'm trying to be ninja and trying to be real quiet, I just kind of got on the, on the couch and there was some throw pillows and I just kind of covered up with some throw pillows. And I heard Ralph come down the next morning and I kind of opened my eyes and he come down the stairs and he looks at me and he goes <laughs> and just walks off and then he stops, he turns and he says, what happened to your leg? I said, long story. He goes, I don't want to hear it. Be dressed in 10 minutes. And so he goes out and we, we go out and we, we saddle it. We get the horses fed and then we come in and he cooks a good breakfast. We go out, we find these cattle. And it, it does, it, what happens next is too long of a story. It involves, uh, if I'm truthful, involved about 300 loops, but I only wrote two. I had 298 practice throws. It's like I, you know, them golfers, they, got, they get practice swings. I get loop swings. So I, I just practice. And then, and then I wrote. But anyway, I had rope burns on my hands. Um, you know, it, it was just a, it just turned out to be a great weekend. And I know that that sounds odd to people that ain't cowboyed for a living or done a lot of it, but it involved mesquite, it involved wild cattle chases, it involved ropes, it involved burned hands, and we got the job done. And I was so glad 
that I went on that trip. And on the way home, we were driving along, and it was kind of quiet because we was kind of tired from our weekend. And I was looking out the window, and I got a little choked up, and I turned and I said something to Ralph that I'll never forget. And I'll never forget what he told me. And I'll tell you what that was in just a second. You know, what I didn't tell you about that story is why I was in the house and why I had a weekend planned by myself. The real reason why is because I had just went through a really bad divorce. Girl that I thought that I would spend the rest of my life with had up and left me. And I was feeling about this low. And I was still going to work. And if I would have seen you out in, in public, you would have never known anything because I laughed with you and I'd have shook your hand. Hey, how you doing? I was still lively and, and jovely and whatever illies that you want to say. But inside, I was dying. I was beating myself up. I felt like a failure. I wondered why you know, she didn't want me anymore. And my self-esteem was just through the bottom. And it wasn't just that weekend that I hadn't done anything. I hadn't done anything for about two months like this. Of course, nobody really, I mean, everybody knew that, that I had gone through the divorce, but nobody knew how I was feeling inside. I was just literally killing myself by going to work. And every time somebody invited me to do something, I always had other plans. And one guy could see what was happening. He knew that I was dying inside, and that I had hid myself away. And you know what? I had hid myself away, not only in my home, but I had hid myself away in public too. I had built this invisible barrier around me that I wouldn't come out of, and I wouldn't let anybody else in. I wonder how many of y'all have been through that similar situation in the past. I wonder if some of you right now are going through that right now, and I'm willing to bet that every single one of us is going to go through a painful experience in our life where that could be and might be the result. You know, I sat there and I beat myself up. And I just whined and moaned and loathed and marinated in self-pity, in a, in a, in a sense of, of uselessness, without purpose. I quit cowboy and I, I, mean, I quit doing everything that I was and who I was. And I had traded it for a life of solitude, a life of unhappiness. I was literally dead inside. But today we celebrate Three days in history that literally those three days changed the entire course of history. The most monumental three days since this world has been made. See, three days ago, we call it Good Friday. And you know, I, I kind of have a problem with that because although it was good for us, it was a day that a man died for each and every one of you. He didn't die for me. He died for each and every one of you. He didn't die for us. He died for you. And if he had it all to do over again, 
and you were the only person on earth, he would have gone through it again for you. Why did he do that? Jesus died so that you don't have to. Think about that. Jesus died so that you don't have to. He came to accomplish, he fulfilled the law of Moses. There was all of these regulations in the Old Testament. There was all these rules. There was over 600 rules that you had to follow in order to be righteous. And to be in right, and what righteous means, that's kind of a fancy church word, but it just means in right standing with God. There was over 600 rules that you had to follow because in the Old Testament, it was all about what you did. And the way you acted and what you did determined your standing with God. But see, Jesus came to fulfill that because none of us could do it. Even though God had instituted a sacrificial system and all of this stuff where, where we were messing up and He was saying, you know, I'll give you another chance, I'll give you another chance, we still couldn't do it. So Jesus, the Son of God, came and lived an absolutely perfect life, the only one that could ever do it because He was fully man and He was fully God at the same time. He came and was perfect. And He came to do what we could not do, and He came to do something for us so that we didn't have to. Jesus died so that we don't have to. And if you think about it, Jesus actually says this one time. Jesus says, I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly. Is that really something that characterizes your life? If someone were to walk up to you and said, Hey, cowboy, what is your life like? Would you actually say, man, my life is absolutely abundant? You know, and when we think of abundance, we might think of things like, uh, you know, I got plenty of money, I got a nice car, I got a nice house, I got a lot of cattle, I got a few horses. That ain't the abundance that Jesus was talking about. He was talking about an abundance of a fulfilled and purposeful life. Are you killing yourself? Are you going through right now what I went through then, what I have gone through several times since then? Are you going through one of those times where you are beating yourself up over past deeds? Are you beating yourself up maybe over a current situation? Or maybe you're worried about a future problem. Are you sitting there living in misery, beating yourself up, and actually feel dead inside? You know, not too long ago, not just once, but it's happened many times since I was here, we had a tragedy happen in our community where a man took his own life. Is that how you're feeling right now? Somebody asked me the other day, they said, how can we stop that? And I said, well, I don't know how you stop it, but I can introduce them to the man that can fix them. And if you have, are, are, feel like you're dying inside and you feel like you just can't do it anymore, that you don't want to do it anymore, listen, you are not alone. I would be willing to bet that at some point in our lives, a majority of the people in here have thought about that. And thank God that all of y'all sitting here have not done it. And I'm telling you right now, I am giving you the key today. I am saying you look around you today, whether you're at home, whether you're at one of our line camps, or whether you're sitting here, look around. You do not have to feel that way. 
You do not have to, to walk around dead. You do not have to take your own life because we love you and a man died so that you don't have to. Come to us. There are people that I can show you who to talk to. We want to help. We want to love you. But many people have hidden themselves away. Jesus was hidden away in a tomb, but the grave could not hold Him. Jesus was hidden away in a tomb for three days, but the grave could not hold Him. Are you hiding yourself away? Why are you hiding your true self? Because see, a lot of us are walking around because I didn't want anybody to know what I was going through. I didn't want anybody to see the pain that I was in. I didn't want anybody to know who I really was. I was walking around and I had this, this, this face painted on me that wasn't my own. I had hidden myself away even whenever I was in public. But the first chance I got, I locked myself behind a closed room and I laid down on a casket called a couch and I died. Why are you hiding your true self? Why have you chosen your own tomb over a life of fulfillment and purpose and wonder? Because see, Jesus died on a cross. The ultimate form of punishment, He endured the wrath of God and He paid for every sin, every mistake that you have ever made that went against what God said. He paid the price for it and He was punished for it. That does not give us a license to go do whatever we wanted to because I guarantee you, you know, if I put Ty up here and I said, if you make a mistake, I'm going to whip Ty with a, with a cat of nine tails, a lash with these barbed pointed metal things on it. And I'm going to rip his flesh open every single time you have a stray thought. I guarantee you, you're not going to go, whew, I can go do whatever I want to now. I'm never going to be punished. Ty will be though. Jesus was. See, when we realize that Jesus died for us, it does not give us the authority or the, the license to go out and live however we want to. It frees us to live like God wants us to, and it makes us come alive. Jesus died so you don't have to, and He was hidden away in a tomb, but the grave could not hold Him. Why have you chosen to live your life in a tomb, hiding who you really are, scared of what people might know about you, worried about what they might see, worried about what the future holds, holding on to grudges, not forgiving yourself, not forgiving other people. That is the grave. And unfortunately, we will all end up in one, unless Jesus comes back, which that's what I'm planning on. We'll all end up in one, but unfortunately, many people are there now. Don't be one of those that live in a casket of unfulfilled purpose. It's easy to lock yourself away in the grave, but it takes courage to get out there and live. The stone in front of the tomb was rolled away on the third day, not so that Jesus could come out, but so that you could. 
The tomb, the stone in front of the tomb was rolled away, not so that Jesus could come out, it's so that you could. You no longer have to, to feel dead inside. No longer do you have to lock yourself in a tomb. No longer do you have to hide who you really are. And no longer do you have to hide who you really want to be. The stone in front of the tomb was rolled away, not so that Jesus could come out of the grave, but so that you could. And in Luke chapter 24, in the first seven verses of Luke chapter 24, it tells the story. And it says, but very early on Sunday morning, that's why we celebrate it today. But very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. So they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. And as they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them, clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and that he would rise again on the third day. Luke 24, 1 through 7. Do you feel dead inside? Have you locked away who God made you to be so that you can be somebody that society will look up to? Have you hidden away who you truly want to be because you're scared of what your friends might say? Maybe what your spouse might say. Are you, are you so scared that you would rather depend upon yourself and the meager efforts that you can accomplish and scared of trading it in order to have everything? that the Son of God has made available to us. We were driving home from Sanderson, Texas, and I was in a pickup sitting in the passenger seat. Not much was being said in the hour and a half drive from that ranch. And I'll never forget, I was looking out at nothing but desert in West Texas, and I was looking right over the passenger mirror. And out there, I could see what I loved. Where I loved to be. What I loved to be. And then I could see a picture of myself. I could see myself in that mirror. And I got a little choked up. And I turned and I said, thanks, Ralph. Thank you. He said, son, it takes courage to be a cowboy, but it takes even more courage to live. You can't cowboy from the couch, and you can't live from the casket. It takes courage to be a cowboy, but it takes even more courage to truly live. Anybody can be fake and anybody can, can walk around and pretend that they're somebody that they're not just so their friends will look up to them or just so their boss will, will hopefully give them a raise or give them a better job or just so society will accept them. Why are you doing that? Because you know that you were dying inside. You know that you're killing yourself and you know that you're locking yourself in a tomb that nobody can see except yourself. But I'm telling you that Jesus died so that you didn't have to. 
The tomb could not hold him and the stone was rolled away not so that he could come out. So that you could. A man once came to my house and barged in and said, get your stuff. We're going. And he walked back out. Today you're here or you're watching or you're listening because another man is walking into your life today and he is calling each of you by name and he's saying, you don't have to take anything with you. Come on. And I'm going to show you what life is. It takes courage to be a cowboy and it takes courage to truly live. You can't cowboy from the couch. And you can't live from inside a casket of your own doing. Hang on to your hats, cowboys. For the first time ever, you can now hear the entire message, unedited with every laugh and nugget of wisdom Save the Cowboy has to offer. All you got to do is go to SaveTheCowboy.com and click on Podcast right there on the homepage. You can listen right there or subscribe and never have to worry about missing another story. Pull the truck over, rest your horse, or put down that hot shot and do it right now. Go to SaveTheCowboy.com and ride with us every week down that narrow trail. Until then, this is Kevin Weatherby. See you next time. Today's message was brought to you in part by Rod and Brenda Denning at Hitchin Post Hay. Call them for all your hay needs at 303-324-8217. And if you'd like to become one of our radio sponsors, contact us by going to SaveTheCowboy.com and sending us an email or call 303-621-0133. Thanks, parts.